Hey guys, it's Alfredo. And this is Brian. And this is Film Purgatory. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week. We got a special week, Brian. Another special week? Our, this is our fourth director's week. Mm, nice. Film Purgatory quiz. Who's the first one? Who's the first one? Ding, 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 ding. Is that, the, is that like the, 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 the who wants to be a millionaire noise? I thought you were doing Jeopardy. You know what, bro? I wasn't really sure. Mm. I was trying my best. I saw it. I let it happen. Okay, but it was like it was it was believable to be a. I got you. Like yeah. a quiz theme yeah. song. It was, it was. Quiz show theme song. We'll, we'll put <laughs> we'll put it up on our story. You can you can <laughs> answer it on the poll on our, on, our, on our poll. The winner gets a shout out. Oh, okay, nice, nice little shout out. Look at that. Very cool. Uh, this is, like Brian said, our fourth Director's Week, and we are talking about Quentin Tarantino this week. Iconic director. Huge fan base. Definitely iconic. Definitely has a fan base. But I would say it's an acquired taste. It is, it is. Uh, I, I definitely don't agree with the obsession mm-hmm. that, that the fan base has. I would say I am a fan, but I wouldn't consider my, myself part of his fan base. Mm. Simply because... They're a little radical, you know, and like, like they, he comes out with a movie and it's like, oh, the greatest movie ever. Right. You know, like, oh, they're obsessed. Mm-hmm. And it's a little, I don't know, a little strange. I just feel a lot of his fan dumb comes from his unique style of filmmaking. It's true. Um, I think it's an acquired taste because of how he does it. I feel he's a very unorthodox director. Yes. It is very well documented that he is one of the few successful directors that did not go to filmmaking school. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that may or may not have to do with what uh, makes a Quentin Tarantino a Quentin Tarantino film. I just know that he's very particular in the way he works. I know a lot of actors speak highly of him, but he's very demanding. He likes his things a certain way, and he does not accept anything less than perfection, or at least how he views perfection. I was just going to say that you stole the words out of my mouth. It's his view of perfection, because at the end of the day, like I said, there's the fan base that obsesses and would agree everything he does is perfect, whatever. And then there's people like us that are like, eh, like, man, not perfect. But at the end of the day, we're also not, uh, we're not 100% acquired in his taste or in his uh, view of perfection. Right. I will say this. He's very, to me at least, very inspirational. I like the guy. Mm-hmm. I think when he speaks, whenever he comes out, he'll say something regarding filmmaking or movies. He comes off as very down to earth, very like one of us. Yeah. You know, like one of the one of the average Joes that. And he'll say, you know, you don't need to know too much about the cameras and the what is it, and the lens and the angles and the whatever. Like he's like, whatever you want to film, if you have a story, just put it out there. Like film it. You know, and just go ahead and give your best shot. You'll learn the, the all the little things on the go. Right. But the important stuff is what you have in here. You know, what can there you co- what kind of story can you come up with? Um, and one of his biggest, I guess, not talking points, but one of his biggest lessons, if you will, or tips, is write characters well. Yeah. That's what people are gonna come back for. That's what stays ingrained. A good character. Right. And cast it well. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when you look at his movies, even his best ones. They all have unique characters. Like, you can almost envision in detail the characters from specific movies. Right? Like, Pulp Fiction. I know the Samuel Jackson and John Travolta characters, right? The Uma Thurman. Right. I know Uma Thurman from Kill Bill. 
I know specifically who these characters are and and what they were like in the movies. So he he's very successful. I would say one of the most, if not the most, in writing mm-hmm. impactful characters. Not just characters, but scenes themselves. There are plenty of examples uh, in plenty of movies in which he writes a scene and it's just captivating. It's full of suspense. It's full of so many emotions. Uh, anticipation of, of what's going to happen next and the characters involved and it just draws you in and it gets you involved in whatever's going on it can be something mundane and he's been um, documented of saying that he drowns the plot points in unnecessary things so you have no idea that you just watched a, a huge plot point in the movie because he drowned it in so many little minute details and that's something that's very admirable as far as in a writing standpoint because he pays attention to details and hey you know me i i appreciate that and that's actually i'm glad you brought that up because that's my biggest critique of him mm. is i feel he has movies that are dragged out mm-hmm. it seems the there are many many scenes that really are not necessary you know uh, the two movies that come to mind would be django and once upon a time in hollywood mm-hmm. And you can even throw in Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. And those are three extremely popular movies. You may even say of the newer generation, three of his most popular. Because right. you have his famous, you know, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction right. from his early years. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Inglorious Bastards, Django, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Right, his most recent one. Right. I feel like those are his, his top. You no, know, those are the ones that people usually go to. And I can almost guarantee you it's separated, like I said, by generation. Right. Somebody in their 30s and 40s will likely remember Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and talk to about those in, in terms of his best. Mm-hmm. Versus somebody in our generation younger will usually call out to Django and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But these movies just are dragged out. Mm-hmm. I feel there are so many scenes and there's so many times where I'm like, okay, finish it up. Right. Like I get, I know where the plot is going already. It's not a secret. There's no plot twist. And it's exactly what I know is going to happen. And it just feels long. It feels dragged out. Uh, so can I appreciate the details? Yes, but don't drag out the story because you only that only takes away from the entertainment. That's right. that's just my biggest critique of, mm-hmm. of, of Quentin Tarantino. I think one of the biggest elements that people also like about Quentin Tarantino is the gore. Quentin really? loves the gore, and he he's not shy. He's not uh, he does not shy away from any violent scenes. Oh, no. as we've seen, it's it's pretty obvious in almost every film that he includes uh, with exception to a few but um, I feel that's very real it's very raw he's not scared to to hurt your feelings or to offend people which he has that's why I say he's very a particular taste but uh, he doesn't care and that goes back to what you were saying he's very down to earth he's very real Uh, to to coattail off your point Mm. I think it's also admirable that he can be so popular and have such a big fan base while never really being mainstream. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, he's never he's never done a movie just for the sake of, you know, oh, it's a beautiful story and, oh, you know, this comes out. And I say that because I'm going to go ahead and, and, and tackle Steven Spielberg. Mm. He has a lot of movies that can be mainstream. He's, he's probably the most mainstream. Not that it's a bad Tag thing. Boy. I'm not trying to attack him, but I'm saying, like, it comes off like you know, you're taking advantage of a, of, a, of a specific story that you know is going to do well. Mm-hmm. So it's like 
are you still putting in your qualities and making it an amazing movie? Sure. But you have an easy ride. You have a downhill, not an uphill battle. It does help. It does help it does when help. it's a story you know is going to hook the people. And I'm not going to get into specifics. Right. But with Quentin, yo, he really don't care. Right. Like, that's what I like about that guy. He really don't care. He's just going to think of a story and say, okay, that's why he doesn't have that many movies. When he, right. Compared to legendary directors, he only has uh, 10. Around 10. Like 10 films. 10s. And I think he's coming out with the 11th, which he considers to be a lot of people are rumoring. Uh, is that a word? Rumoring? I just came up with it. All right. Rumored to be Kill Bill 3. Oh, shit. Maybe. But nice. I'm not sure. Um, the point is, every time he comes out with a movie, it's different. It's a completely new story. But it follows that one specific detail, which is what we said, is the gore. Mm. Right? And then followed by great characters, memorable characters, mm. with great casting. You know what I'm saying? And that final violent scene and that's in almost every... Sorry, every single one of his movies, that mm. violent scene. And he, he follows that like cookie cutter. That's his thing. Nice. And he knows it works. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to do 30 movies. He's just going to do the ones that he feels are important to him. That That's something that I can admire because it does make sense. He believes in his product so much that he is not willing to compromise. He's not willing to do the mainstream, like you said. He believes in his, his work. He believes in his writing. He believes in his filmmaking skills that he's only going to tackle on certain movies that he believes are good to him, to his perfection. So, yes, of course, that that makes a lot of sense. I did notice that uh, a lot of his films have to do with real events that did happen. Like, for example, Inglorious Bastards. It dealt with... um, World War II. World War II. um, The Django Unchained. The slavery period. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That that touched up on, especially specifically towards the end, with uh, Charles Manson. Charles Man- the the family. Yeah, it was the murders of um, I don't remember their names uh, off the top of my head, but I, it's it involved Charles Manson and his cult, whatever, murdering right uh, these people in their house back in the what was it seventies, the hippie era. It was right. the, I think it was the seventies. Right. But basically, um, all three films that I just mentioned, it touches up on real events that did happen in history. With a twist, with a certain different ending, fictional twist, fictional twist that he puts in it. So he acknowledges the realism of these films. He acknowledges, you know, these things really did happen, and he puts that out for you. He does display it with no hesitation, with no remorse. You're gonna get all the gore, all the details, everything that happened happened. And then towards the end, is when he like changes things. Like, oh, this is what I would have liked right, to right. have happened. Um, so that's nice. That's that's a nice little thing. I don't think any other director has done that. I like to think uh, his endings are satisfying. Mm. He not only is it satisfying for him, but for the viewer. Mm-hmm. For like you said, when it's something very historic, something that a lot of people in the public remember, went through, experienced, or their parents did. Like mm-hmm. it's something that is t- touches a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So when you get an ending like that, the way he does it, I think it leaves you very satisfied. Mm. I will give him that. I will. I do like to bring up uh, a point that you said earlier, and it would be his his origin. Quentin is the the son of Tony Tarantino. Okay. Tony Tarantino is a an Italian American actor. TT. TT. Titty. So Quentin is a down to earth guy. He came from nothing. He didn't he didn't really go to film school. But who's to say his involvement with Hollywood through his father 
who's an actor, didn't influence himself as far as to, to, to be, become a director. So maybe he did, he didn't go to film school, but maybe he was aware of how these things were made. Obviously, the exposure of his father being an actor, it did have something to do with with him becoming a director oh yeah it gives him a whole different background of knowledge it gives him i would say a few stepping stones of an advantage you mm-hmm. know given that his father uh not not necessarily in terms of connections but in knowledge and mm-hmm. i say that specifically because you know connections definitely help mm-hmm. but if you're not that big then who cares mm-hmm. you know but i think it's more so like hey his dad was in the movie so he told him look this is what these directors would do and i know you know let's say this big director this one this one they happen to do x y and z so, of course, if his dad tells him that, maybe he takes that and, and gives it his own little twist. Mm-hmm. You know, so it does have an advantage. You know, he didn't come from nothing. Right. Uh, in terms of film and filmmaking and acting, whatever. He definitely had his, his fair share of, of teaching, I'm sure. Thanks to his father. Mm. I don't know. I'm, I've always been a little bit indifferent on, on Quentin. I feel like it's a hit and miss for me. A lot of his films have been hit. I agree. Mostly be his, his earlier work. I feel like uh, the latter movies just haven't been hitting for me uh, for various reasons. But um, I mean, what do you think? What, give me, give me your top, top three, top five. What, what do you think of Quentin? What are his best movies? What are his worst movies? In your opinion? I love Hateful Eight. My favorite. Oh yeah. I really, really love Hateful Eight. I rewatched it. Well, we rewatched it with uh, with Jose. Right. <laughs> he really, he had never seen it, and I, you know, he loved it. I loved it. I think that's to me encompasses the perfect the gore the vulgarity right the accurate dialogue from the time right i would say a, a very interesting story keeps you captivated <laughs> and familiarity mm. tim roth samuel jackson kurt russell yes kurt russell as well i almost forgot he was also in, in death proof yeah um so and also matthew madsen he was in kill bill and he was also in reservoir dogs mm. uh many of these actors just how we've mentioned before with Steven Spielberg, with uh, Martin Scorsese, with Christopher Nolan. Just how we've said with our previous three Directors Week directors, they love to use a set of actors consistently. Why? When there's familiarity, there's chemistry. Mm. And you get execution like a home run. Home run execution out of the park. Uh, and I hatefully, I think, encompasses that. Mm. I loved hatefully. To oh, me, yeah. that's my favorite one. After that, it's easily his first movie. A lot of people don't really talk about it, but it's Reservoir Dogs. Really good story and really unique storytelling in that one. Super simple, in my opinion. Super simple, but effective. Mm. You know what I'm saying? All these guys. Steve Buscemi was in it, too. Yeah. Um, To me, th- those are the top two. After that, I have to admit, there's a bit of a drop-off. Uh, I don't think Pulp Fiction is in that tier. I know a lot of people are going to hate me for this and yeah. disagree. Hey, that's fine. But that's why he's unique. Because you're going to hate him or love him or you're going to disagree with a lot of movies, whatever. But in Glorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, they're on a lower tier to me. They're not as good as like the top two I mentioned. Um, but I would say it would be those three. Those are my, my top three for him. And his worst? Um, I mean, I'm not a fan of Death Proof. It's okay to me. Like, it just doesn't, well, like, it's whatever. Right. Uh, Jackie Brown was okay. I mean, it hardly seemed like a Tarantino film. Right. But it, it didn't do anything special. I like that my boy Robert De Niro was in it, Very but nice. like I said, didn't do anything special. Right. Even though Samuel Jackson was also in it, mm. you know, a lot of familiar faces there. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the most overrated of mm. his films, but not my least favorite. Mm. The most overrated though. 
I like the fact that Quentin stars in a lot of his films. And I also like the fact that he writes and, and co-directs or helps out in productions to a lot of different movies. Movies that you didn't really know about. Uh, but he's somehow involved. And I understand that a lot of different directors do that. But I feel like there's no other director that gives their personal touch like Quentin does in a lot of different movies. Um, he like stamps his, his signature stamp yeah. on several movies. And that's why it's very confusing. Sometimes it seems like he is a director. It almost overshadows whoever is in that chair um, by his, his style. Because you know he has certain styles. So, but as, as far as direction goes... I would, I would, I would love to agree with you. Hatefully, I would love to do that, but I'm not going to. It's gonna, it's gonna hurt. Mm. So, what are you gonna choose, Kill Bill? I'm gonna go with Kill Bill. It's nice. It was uh, one of the the first ones. I think it was very entertaining. It had nothing to do with history. It was just a plain and simple action movie revenge action revenge I'm gonna kill you different ways of killing people Kill Bill 2 eh, kinda dropped off I feel like a little unnecessary you could've and, and that goes into what you were saying it was a little dragged on very dragged on so I think that uh, one Kill Bill could've been fine yeah uh, that's why it kinda sucks that it's rumored that he may make a third yeah there's um, no but it's because he considers Kill Bill to be one story so if you notice, none of his movies have sequels except Kill Bill. And if he comes out with a third, you can consider it its own franchise, mm-hmm. right? And we'd have to sit here and say, well, will Kill Bill 3 be like the first one? And if it is like the first one, will that technically hurt its rating given that we've seen it before? Right. Like it won't be original. It's going it to be played out. Yeah. So I, I fear that mm-hmm. because his he has a statement where he, he, won't, he said he only wanted to make 10 films to keep the quality high in his filmography. And kind of just retire after that 10th. Nice. Well, he made the 10th. It's super popular. People love it. Great. I may not love it. You may not love it. But, yeah. but people do in general. They love it. All right. So that may be enough for him to retire. But rumors have it that he's interested in uh, Kill Bill 3. Hmm. Uh, unfortunately. But Kill Bill 1 kind of went off track there. Kill Bill 1, as soon as it came out, immediately original. Right? It was uh, the American movie. Right? But with a specific twist right we had the 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 old-fashioned chinese kung fu we've talked about this in the martial arts episode tarantino paid great homage to 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 these movies and and with kill bill Mm. another great actress with familiarity uma thurman matthew madsen as well pretty interesting characters I, i saw this movie as a kid and i found it to be very strange i guess i was too too immature to to appreciate it but the ending scene is is crazy Mm. Like I think of all his gory endings, this one's the best, mm-hmm. easily. But that's my opinion. It's just the fighting scenes that that was just very entertaining for me. Like you said, I was a little bit younger, like you, so I didn't really appreciate a lot of the the little details that was incorporated into this movie. I, I mean, personally, I don't believe that I appreciate details, but I don't think that that should be a main focal point in in watching a movie because at the end of the day. In simple terms, you go to watch a movie to be entertained. If I have to notice every little detail and, and pay attention to this little thing... To be entertained? To be entertained, to, to understand anything, or just to appreciate the movie, then that just misses the whole point of the movie. 
So I feel like Kill Bill doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily do that. It's very simple, very straight to the point. Hey, this is revenge. I'm gonna kill you guys. That's it, you know. Um, so I appreciate that. Very entertaining. I enjoy Kill Bill. I will give a, I will give a little cherry on top to that detail. Sorry, to that point you made. There is sometimes where he may emphasize a detail that is irrelevant to the story, but it may almost seem like it in the moment, and that's happened to me many times. Hey, fool me once, shame on you. Right for me twice ah, okay maybe it's my fault but I always get stuck and I always get confused and I'm a little disgusted when he likes to show the dirty feet man <laughs> I'm so sick and tired of it like <laughs> Kill Bill 2 had it right. I can't remember too well if it was in Kill Bill 1 but I know Kill Bill 2 had a little you know dirty disgusting feet close right. up uh, once upon a time Hollywood had it like three times yeah easily it was a little weird he's been called out on it and I guess he didn't like it but it's like really? they called out. I think somebody made a comment mm. and like it was like at an award show mm. and they showed his, you know, they, they showed the camera on his face and I don't think he was laughing. Mm. I think he felt uncomfortable. He felt attacked. But here's the thing. You know what you're showing. So who cares? Like just own up to it. Like, yeah, I like feet. What's up? You know what I'm saying? For me, eh, it's not enjoyable. I don't, I don't like feet and let alone dirty feet, mm. you know? So it's, it's a little weird. But that, and that's a detail he loves to put in the movies, but they have nothing to do with the movie. Right. So it's, I don't know. Maybe it's a fetish. I don't know. It is a It's absolutely a fetish. Quentin, I may or may not like feet. We have to protect ourselves. Well, we can't make these allegations. Anymore. I don't know about what he likes, but we'll say that he likes to show feet in movies. That's a fact. That's not an opinion or slander. Quentin, I have shown many dirty feet in, in movies. My yes, okay. <laughs> it, it fits well. I actually enjoyed Inglorious Bastards. Yeah? Yeah, I like the, the, the writing of it. It was slow at certain points. It did drag. I really enjoyed Christoph Waltz. Him and Tarantino, nobody talks about it because usually it's uh, the Samuel Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. When you talk about actors that he works a lot with. Um, but I feel him and Christoph Waltz have a nice little connection there that, you know, gets overlooked sometimes. Why? Because you had the Jamie Foxes in uh, Django. Because you, you had the, the Michael... Leos. The Michael... No, he was only in one movie. Jamie Foxx was only in one movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is like in movies with Christoph Waltz. Oh, okay. Like I'm saying, like he sh- he kind of overshadowed Christoph Waltz, and then in Glorious Bastards, Michael Fassbender and Brad Pitt kind of overshadowed uh, Christoph Waltz a bit for the for the uh, I would say for the majority of fan bases. Rather, I thought he stood out to me. I like his characters. His characters do well. I think so. You know, it's funny. Quentin loved Christoph because his character uh, Hans Landa, he had a hard time casting for that character and he on record said that if he could not cast his character that he was not going to make the movie at all at one point he thought the character was uncastable until he met Kristoff so because of Kristoff this movie actually came to be But and, and that goes into the perfectionism that you know, is Quentin Tarantino but it worked out like you said I'm a very big fan of Kristoff it worked out great I think he was a very well written character I think he actually, on record as well, said that Hans Landa was his favorite character. Mm. Of all the characters he's written, that's his favorite one. And that says a lot. I think that speaks volumes of of that specific movie. You know, that's, sorry, that specific actor and character in that movie. Because like you said, it did drag. And, and I don't know, people love it. And, and I ask myself why. And then you look at the ending. 
it was the most disgusting and gory ending and we got to see hitler get killed by the americans you know right. hey victory's ours you know screw the nazis out with the with the tyranny you know right. in with the democracy right cool it makes you feel good wholesome it's part of history as we've said with the fictional twist at the end but that doesn't do it for me the movie was just too long and dragged out so uh for that you know i will say it's not in my top it's kind of in the same area as kill bill 2 and you know the lower ones lower tier ones i would say uh but him and michael fassbender to me killed it mm. more so than than brad pitt this is my opinion yeah bj novak in there i'd just like to point that out office alumni um, that's why i don't know what that is yeah. <laughs> um and i think for, for my last one we have to be uh django do you know that's django? your top three yeah django is a is a program i think for a computer software program spelled the same way i i sat through like yeah it's spelled the same way i sat through like 15 minutes of, of like an introduction to django software program thinking that it was, that it like, was yeah I was like, what the fuck is going on? You sat there. You did not sit there for like 15 minutes. Okay, You're lying. Maybe I was exaggerating. Right. But like, I know how to web design now, so. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> so let's change his name. We're being mean. Quentin. You're I, being mean. No, no, no. Quentin, I low-key develop websites on the side Tarantino. I think that's better. Thank you, Quentin. I appreciate that. Um, I don't know if I have a, a, a bottom three. It's just, like you said, everything has like a different tier and i think all of them are at the same level it, it was a little bit hard just to choose these top three okay um because everything just felt the same the would same you level. choose just one if not a three but maybe just one that you don't like, like once upon a time in hollywood okay i, I slept through the thing dude. it was very boring yeah it, was, uh, it just dragged and that really hurts because it has my boy leo and, and you know leo is it has a guy that i criticize often as being overrated brad pitt mm. and i found his character to be really good really like really well written his character yeah. right his character was great. Right. Leo was great, but what's new? You know, hey, he played an actor within the, you know, within the movie. He was right. an actor within the actor. More inception for him. Mm. Hey, there's nothing that uh, is new in terms of from Leo. So that was okay for me. I was like, what else? Well, you know, what else is there? Because I'm not going to ask him to use one actor to carry a whole movie. I'm sorry, right. but that's that's not fair. Right. At so all. I, so I said, right. And then I said, okay, Brad Pitt, love this character. Mm. Still was not enough to carry. Why? Because half the stuff they're doing had nothing to do with the end yeah it had was, nothing to do with yeah. the end and then on top of that they throw in this extremely extremely unnecessary and inaccurate and almost disrespectful bruce lee oh yeah bruce that was, lee that was really bad yeah and he was criticized for it now i don't think it's such a huge deal to to rag on him too long but to me it killed the movie given our my well my history with martial arts i love martial arts and i love what he represented and right. bruce lee was just very inaccurate it was it was a poor movie in my opinion which is uh, contrary to what a lot of people think. He, they, you know, they write on this movie so much. It's a masterpiece and whatnot. Right, right. I just don't see. It. They call it his love letter to Hollywood. Yeah. Which I thought is uh, a little bit of a, a dick writing. I'm, I'm swiping left on that one. Yeah. But um, I just I didn't enjoy it. Can you believe that Maria was at fault for having watched this movie? Yeah. It's crazy. She definitely was the one who dragged this to it. I would not have watched yeah. it in theaters. I didn't have I didn't have uh, any hype about it. All blame goes to Maria. Yeah. All right. Um. Overall, Brian, judging his nine or ten films that he has, what would you give Quentin Tarantino? 
overall I'll give him like a 7.5 7.5 yeah I don't think he reaches 8 but I, I felt 7 was a little too low so I'll give 7.5 very nice decimals into it I am uh, I don't usually do decimals that's true but for a unique director I will give him a unique rating very nice I'm gonna give him a 7 I'm okay. not gonna do decimals oh that's right fuck fractions <laughs> it's always hard but seven is pretty, pretty standard. I don't know. Some are entertaining. Like I said, it, it was hit and miss with a lot of films. Some hits, some misses. But overall, I can appreciate the uniqueness. You know me, I love originality. And there's no one more original as far as director goes, or I guess different, different. than director, directors go than Quentin Tarantino. So I would have to give him that. It does get a lot of points for that. That's off to him, and we will definitely look forward to that 11th movie mm. if he decides to make it. If he, hopefully, it's not Kill Bill 3, but... Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. <laughs> but uh, if you guys are interested in any of his films, um, his 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 movies are spread out pretty evenly. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like Netflix has a couple. I think Netflix has Hateful Eight. Yeah. Uh, Hulu might have some. Maybe Kill Bill. I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah. You just, just, just Google it. Yeah, search up Quentin. <laughs> A lot of stones are out there. Definitely recommend it if you have not seen these movies already. I think HBO Max has Reservoir Dogs. To the max. To the max. HBO to the max. Next week, Brian. Next week, we're going to do something different again. No, yeah, exactly. We're, we're not going to... We're kind of running out of franchises in a way. One of the classics. Hmm. But we're going to do something a lot of people love. Hmm. Not Pixar. Not Disney. DreamWorks. Oof. DreamWorks. I think that's going to hit different. Oh yeah, a lot of good movies. With There's movies. a lot of there are plenty of movies. You have Shrek, How to Train a Dragon, Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> just three, just naming three of the most popular ones, at least in my opinion. Right. <clears throat> so tune in next week, guys. It's going to be a pretty good week. We're going to talk. We're going to have plenty to talk about. Actually, we're actually thinking of branching out into different media's shows. Mini series, if you have any ideas. Maybe even covering a documentary now and again. Who knows? I think we're open. We're just opening the door to anything interesting. Very nice. That is involved with filmmaking. Because filmmaking is technically just the same fundamentals with shows. Right. It's just not considered a film. But you know, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Therefore, we are introducing Film Purgatory Plus. It coming very soon. No, no, you don't have to play a, a monthly subscription. No, this is free. I mean, unless you want to, share, I'll take it. We take it, yeah. Like ten dollars a month, pay pay my uh, <laughs> pay my Spotify. But that's gonna do it, guys. We really appreciate all the support and all the feedback. If you have, if you like today's episode or have ideas for future episodes, which include shows or miniseries, documentaries, etc., um, you can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Our username would be Film Purgatory or Film Underscore Purgatory. And please remember to turn all notifications on on your streaming services so you know as soon as we drop the latest episode. Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next week.